Matthew chapter 5, as we begin again to think about home remedies. Home remedies. When you look at the world around us, our culture, our society, you, you see um, that, uh, that the family and our nation needs uh, some remedy. You see that there, there's great need for great remedy. And I think, I, I believe with all my heart that in God's Word, uh, there are answers to the needs that we have. And so, uh, as we look at Matthew chapter 5, yes, this is in line with our, uh, our the, what we've been doing in uh, going through the Sermon on the Mount, but I, but I think this is an important uh, passage that we need not skip over today to think, for my eyes only. I'll explain that in just a minute. You'll, I think you'll understand uh, what that means. But uh, I want to ask you to do something this morning. We did this with D now. And so you got your Bibles ready. Would you stand as we read God's Word together? Oh! Won't take long. Matthew 5. Read with me verse 27. You've heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right, eye, right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. Verse 31, It was also said, Whoever divorces his wife, let her give him a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the, on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Now let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word. I thank you that you have invested uh, in our lives through Jesus, your son. I thank you that over the course of um, many years through uh, through the hands of 40 men, you, you wrote, you gave us your word. You revealed yourself to us through your word. And I thank you, Lord, that we can read that and we can study that and we can know um, your heart and we can obey you and we can see uh, your power in our lives. And I thank you, Lord, today that you uh, give us direction for our, our marriages, for our families, for our homes. And today, Lord, as, as we look at this uh, uh, this passage of Scripture, I pray that you would speak, that uh, your grace would prevail, and that, Lord, that, um, that God, our lives, I, I pray that some would fall under conviction. Uh, Lord, I pray that there would be those who would be saved today. I pray, Lord, that marriages would be restored and strengthened, and that, Lord, you would be glorified uh, in what you do here. And God, we give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And then you may be seated. Um, 2015 brought some really big news in our society. Get rid of that thing. Um, some big news in our society when the word got came out called Ashley Madison. How many of you remember that scandal? Um, that that scandal rocked our nation as thousands upon thousands of names and contacts were put out there. Uh, because someone had gone to a site that was all about adultery. 
Uh, there were just thousands of people. There were many people that, that committed suicide. There were uh, marriages that disintegrated over a name being on a list. There were ministries that were destroyed because someone was in pursuit of adultery. Now, let's just be quite honest this morning. This, this concept is a plague in our society. We want to beat on uh, the homosexual movement, and we want to hammer that and hammer that and hammer that, but the reality is there's so many different types of sexual sins, and, and a lot of times we've become so numb to the reality of it that, it that it becomes part of the church, not part of His Word, not part of walking in the Spirit, but, but part of something that we accept because we've been numb to that. Sixty percent of marriages in our nation are affected by adultery. Seventy-five percent of all primetime television shows have some type of sexually explicit um, material relationships. Many of those relationships uh, with multiple partners and, and adulterous relationships. And so we are repetitively seeing these things. And, and, and the more we ingest those, the more we are, are, are growing accustomed to saying, well, let's just back away and leave these things alone. But folks, as, as your pastor, as your, your friend, the one thing I want to do as we look at this, is I want to encourage you to guard your marriages. Guard your homes. The biblical truth I, I give you today is this. We must guard our hearts and eyes and reserve them for our mate alone. As we find out, adultery begins in the heart. So as we have read this passage, we begin to look at Jesus' words as he quotes Exodus chapter 20, verse 14, this, this, uh, this law in the, the Ten Commandments that Jesus quotes, Therefore you have said that you, you've heard you shall not commit adultery. What is adultery? What is adultery? Well, uh, when we hear that word, most often we think about it in the term of an intimate relationship with someone other than one's spouse. That's a simple definition. That, uh, that adultery is, is a relationship outside of the bonds of marriage. Um, and, and when you hear that, uh, we, we need to understand why uh, that is a, a problem. What, what is the deal with that? Well, let's, let's begin with this fact. That God's design for marriage is for one man, one woman, for a lifetime in an intimate, monogamous relationship. Okay? One man, one woman, one lifetime in an intimate, monogamous relationship relationship, and adultery destroys that. It destroys that. Genesis 2, uh, 24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now let's understand that one flesh is not just a physical thing. That is a spiritual thing, an emotional thing. That is an attachment like super glue that is, is built around something more than just a physical act. And so he says, one flesh. Uh, Hebrews 13.4 says, let the marriage bed be undefiled. Let it be held in honor among all. Let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. So look, here's the deal. Adultery is an intimate relationship outside of the bounds of marriage. Um, it is 
it is against the design of the Lord, but it's against his, his character. It's against God. It's against His law. Exodus 20, uh, 14. Thou shalt not commit adultery. The problem is this. Adultery is sin. Okay? It, it is sin because God said so. Here's what we, you and I need to understand about Scripture. God gave us His Word, just what we need to know Him and to walk with Him. When we begin to put the Word of God aside and never look at it, we're not prepared for what God wants to do in our lives. When we begin to take God's Word and we look at this and we look at that and we extrapolate what we like and and we throw away what we don't like, guess what we're doing? We're, we're looking at, at the Lord and spitting in His face that His Word's not good enough. And so when this is our authority, I don't know I, I say this, but we really need to understand, we have to take God's Word for what He says and let that be the authority of our lives if we are going to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? And so it's, it's against God's law. Against God's law. Um, against God first. In Psalm chapter 51, it comes at the, uh, at the revelation of, of, of adultery and sin in David's life. In first Samuel, or Second Samuel 11 and 12, there's this episode in David's life. He's the king. He's got everything in order. He has, he's conquered. He's done great things. And the people look at David as the greatest king Israel has had as only the second king, but really he is has long term been the greatest king they ever had. And yet in in Second Samuel eleven he is up on the rooftop uh, lounging when he should have been out to war. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. He looks across and he sees Bathsheba across the way, and he com- he longs for her. He desires her, and he sends one of his men go get her. Now, do y'all know that Uriah was not just another man in the army, but that, that Uriah was one of David's 30 closest men? He was in the inner circle. Uh, he was on Sir Lancelot's court in David's kingdom. And yet David saw his wife and said, I have to have her. And they went through with the adulterous relationship. And, uh, and David tried to cover it up by killing Uriah and trying to do uh, things to, to, to cover the sin in his life, only to hear from Nathan the prophet this, this incredible picture that, uh, that, that there was a rich man who lived next to a poor man. The poor man had one sheep. The rich man uh, had company coming. And rather than taking from his multitude of flock, uh, he went and he stole the, rich, the, the poor man's lamb and he sacrificed it to offer his guests. David is infuriated. <coughs> David is angry over what has transpired. <coughs> Matt, come, re- come take over. He's angry at what's transpired. Nathan says, David, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. What, is, what does David do? <coughs> he begins to weep and mourn. And repent in Psalm 51 is the record of his repentance. <coughs> I will get through this. Maybe later, but I will get through. His record of repentance in, in Psalm 51, 3 and 4. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you. 
and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. He cries out to God against you and you only have I sinned. Where is our sin directed? Our sin is directed first and foremost toward the Lord. Toward the Lord. That, that the act of adultery is, is sin against Almighty God. But the act of adultery is also a breaking of covenant vows. <coughs> a breaking of covenant vows. That when a man and woman stands before God and before a, a minister and says those vows to death do us part, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. They are making a covenant before the Lord that regardless of how bad this may be, I'm, I'm sticking with my, my spouse. I, I'm in this relationship. I covenant here. And so when we commit adultery, it is a breaking of those vows. It is a, an offense not only against the Lord and sin, it is an offense against one's spouse. What it says to that spouse is this. I have replaced you with someone else on the top of my list. But what we need to recognize is not just an offense against the spouse. It's a destroyer of families. It is a destroyer of families. Uh, they, the, the reality is this, that adultery is selfish. It's selfish, destroying the lives not just of one in that marriage relationship, but destroying the lives of many children, grandchildren, in-laws, outlaws, friends. It's destructive in life. It's destructive to ourselves. Proverbs 6.32 says this, He who commits adultery lacks sin. He who does it destroys himself. What is adultery and what's the problem? Y'all, adultery is a relationship outside of the bounds of marriage. It's an offense against God. It's sin. But it's also an offense against spouse and family. Look at what Jesus says about it. Jesus says, you've heard that it's said, you shall not commit adultery, but I say unto you. What does he say there? But I say unto you, that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Adultery begins in the heart. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said adultery is not about a physical relationship. It's about a relationship that is consummated in the heart and the mind long before the physical ever happens. See what Jesus does? He connects it to the eyes. Connects it to that. He who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. He who looks, that's becoming aware of something, something catching eye, but not just catching your eye, taking notice. Taking notice. Uh, this, this concept of lustful intent is, is beyond just seeing. It is, it is to see something and to desire it to desire it, to, to covet it. There is a difference, men, in observing beauty. Say, so, hey, she's pretty. Then lustful intent, which says, man, she's hot. Y'all understand the difference? 
You say, well, that doesn't necessarily mean I desire her. It does. Because it's one step further away from she's pretty. We gotta be careful with this. We we look at this. We we think we make excuses and we say, well, you know, God. That's something I heard recently. God created us this way. Look, I know I've read the books that say men are are are, are very visual and it doesn't take a lot and and so we we come to this place where we say, God created us this way. He knows we're gonna do that, and that becomes an excuse for us to step away from the relationship, the covenant relationship we had to peer at someone else. Oh, I'm telling you, the more I read God's Word, the more I I, I listen to God's Word, I recognize our need for grace. Because we cannot live up to God's Word without it. We cannot be obedient to the Lord without it. But folks, we've got to recognize that in and of ourselves, if we cannot do it, then we need help. It's not in our strength. It's not in our ability. It's not in, it's not in our realm of okay to just say, I'm human and think it's fine. We need to begin with the reality of this. I'm human. God, I need you. I need help in this. Adultery, he says, begins in the heart. Begins in the heart. It's it's not an excuse to think, oh, I'm just human. Because we need to recognize adultery is is a sneaky attack. I've told you this before. Nobody walks into the room and says, hey, let's commit adultery today. It doesn't work that way. Most often it is a a, a sneak attack. It it can happen uh, at the office. It can happen uh, in a conversation. It can happen with a glance. It can happen among friends. And the one thing, it's just something that that clicks. I've heard of pastors that 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 in in a in a sense of a counseling relationship lost sight of their marriage and began to pursue another. Ladies, don't come to my office alone to talk to me. If you do, for counsel, I'll call Porkchop. I'll say, Porkchop, get up here. Or if Miss Brenda's in the office, I'll call Miss Brenda, come in here. Or I'll pick up the phone and I'll call my wife. Because what I found out is I love my wife and my first responsibility, as Brother Joe said, is to her. And if we think if we think we're above the attack, if we think that the sneak attack won't get us, then we open ourselves with pride to say, "Bring it on!" Oh, listen, this morning—it's a sneak attack. Oh, the, the the sneakiest thing going on today is online. But let, let's just let's just speak to that, men, women. Now I realize men get the brunt of this. We read what Jesus said, and he he specifically talking to men, but the reality is that more and more today as our culture has has, has moved into a, a more feminist, a, a more egalitarian, uh, equal society, more and more women are getting into um, things that, that were once just associated with things men did. The reality is it's online. Whether it's an online pornography site or a chat room, um, the, the simplest things 
can lure away, can snatch a hook, and destroy your family. <coughs> so we've got to be aware. <coughs> Excuse me. We've got to be aware of that. And, and look at what Jesus says. <coughs> it begins in the heart. we got to do everything we can to avoid it, right? Right? Look at what he says. If your eye... <laughs> If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. Now, is Jesus advocating that we start plucking our eyes out? No! Okay, look, if that were the case, we'd all be blind. In reality, we would. Not just from looking at not just from looking at other women or other men, but looking at other cars and other other things that make us covet, make us sin against the Lord. We'd, we'd, be, we'd be plucking eyes out. We'd all be blind. What he's saying to his disciples is this. This is a reality. It's a, it's a sneaky thing, and it'll take over your life. It'll destroy your, your life, your home, your family, your children. It will destroy many, many things. And what you have to do, is everything to protect your marriage. Do whatever it takes. <clears throat> now he says here, pluck your eye out because it's better that one one part of you be thrown away than your whole body be thrown into hell. You say, well, wait a minute. He's talking to his disciples. What does this mean uh, about hell? We're Christians. We are followers of Christ. And, and, and because I'm a Christian, I'm going to heaven when I die. But what, what does, how does this relate? Let me tell you how it relates. When you read the entirety of Scripture, when you go beyond the Gospel, you find that the effects of the Gospel in our lives is this. Christians don't pursue adultery. Genuine believers do not pursue adultery. 1 Corinthians 9.6 says this, that God will judge, that God will judge that they will not enter the kingdom of heaven, the sexually immoral and adulterous. What, he, what he's saying there is that the, the child of God, the one walking with the Lord, is is not going to go after these relationships. So does that mean that that, that the child of God is just, uh, is, there's no way that will happen? Not at all. Because sometimes in our lives we don't walk with the Lord like we should. We quench the Spirit of God in our lives. We become disobedient. When we become disobedient, we, we hear the conviction of the Lord and the Lord draws us back to Him. But the enduring characteristic of our lives is not adulterous. That's not, uh, that's not following the Lord. So do whatever it takes. What do we do? What do we do uh, to protect ourselves from adultery? And I'm going to borrow some things this morning from Dennis Rainey. The family life today, but I want you to think about this. I don't want you just—I don't want to just hammer and, and and say, "Don't commit adultery." I want to give you some some practical tools, some practical ideas to how you prevent this in your marriage. Number one is this: prioritize your spouse. And what Brother Joe said: make Jesus the Lord of your home, and make sure men she is the number one person in your life. 
couple years I've known Ms. Joe and Wanda, there's a man that makes his wife the priority of his life. No doubt. Shannon, would you agree? He lives that prioritize your wife. Dennis Rainey says, cultivate intimacy with your spouse. Again, intimacy is not physical, uh, just a physical relationship. Intimacy is growing together, knowing one another intellectually and emotionally and uh, spiritually to walk together. And if we're going to cultivate intimacy, then we can't get so caught up in everything else that we lose the sight of the one that we have pledged our lives to. Cultivate intimacy for my eyes only. For my, what I mean by that. I mean by that there is a pledge in our lives. There ought to be a pledge in our lives as men and women that have pledged ourselves to one another that says, my eyes are only for my wife. They're only for your wife, men. And they're only for your husband, lady. Job said in Job 31.1, I have made a covenant with my eyes. I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze on a virgin? I mean, let's let's just be honest. Job was married to a woman that said, Hey, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? And Job said, She may be mean as all get out, but she's mine. My eyes are on her. Hmm. David was already married when he saw Bathsheba. What if he had said, my eyes are for Michael. Michael, however you want to say it, it was a woman. What if? What if? We, we have to prioritize our spouse. That is that we pledge our eyes only for them, but we also pledge our lives that we get to know them and that they become a priority of who we are and, and, and the pledge of our lives just for them. Okay? One of the detriments to marriage today, and y'all listen to me, one of the detriments to many marriages today is that when kids come along, the priority is no longer the spouse. It becomes the children. Can I tell you, that is not a biblical priority. The biblical priority is you and your spouse. And as you men love your wife, and you cherish her and make her number one, that is an incredible gift that you pass down to your children. So the priority is your spouse. The second thing I would say to you this morning, we prioritize our spouse and cultivate intimacy with, with that spouse, but we purify our thoughts. Purify our thoughts. Uh, in Scripture, Psalm 119.9, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Purify your thoughts. How do you purify your thoughts? Into your mind? No. You fill your mind with the word of the living God. That's what the psalmist is saying. I've stored your word in my heart that I won't sin against you. So, we store our words. Of Colossians three sixteen says, "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly." Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Oh, listen! We need to let the word of the living God dwell in us to protect ourselves, to offer a protection, a purity of our hearts to walk with Him. 
third thing is this. Purify, purify your heart, but protect yourself. Protect yourself. Guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Guard your heart. Guard your time. Guard your person. Guard your eyes. Guard your eyes. Can I tell you something? One of the the tools uh, that's in our our homes and our lives, uh, that blasted smartphone. Oh, it can be. I've started just leaving mine in the room some at night. I didn't say all the time, so girls, don't correct me when I get home. <laughs> but leave them, leave them in the room. Why? So that, so that it doesn't distract from the priority of my wife and my children. So that, I can, so that I can move away from it. But what we have to be careful of, images pop up there before we even know it. Things pop up and draw us away. Uh, from the things that, that the Lord would have us have pure minds about. So what I've done on my phone is I've taken, and, and on the web page, when, when there's something that I, I put my wedding date on my phone. So that when something pops up, rather than, rather than it just popping up on my phone, it's blocked. So I put my wedding date in. Because my wife more important to me than any garbage I can see. Another thing I've started doing. How many of you like to watch people? I know men, y'all don't, probably don't like going to the malls. I don't care to go to the mall anymore. But, but I like to watch people. And whether it's in Sam's Club or wherever, I'll, I, I'm, I'm watching. By the way, I even do this here. Um, when a when a pretty lady walks by, I don't watch the lady. Pork chop, I look for the men around. Y'all ever do that? Because it is, it is, it is crazy how many men undress women with their minds just in walking by. Why am I telling you this this morning? Because if we aren't careful to guard our minds and our eyes, we fall into the same trap because we are not above it. So pay attention. Guard your mind. Billy Graham. Um, uh, y'all know Billy Graham, right? One of, one of the practices he has, he has had for all his ministry is that he would never step into an elevator where a, a, a woman was with her. Matter of fact, he would never get on an elevator alone. You know why? Because as the elevator went up to his room, he never knew when a woman would step on. But what is he doing? Is he prejudiced against women? No, he's prioritized his marriage. And rather than anybody say he's done something, or rather he, rather than he ever be tempted, he protected and guarded himself. Already, don't assume you're above it. Guard yourself. You do whatever it takes. Jesus said this. Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. The reality is, in one form or another, whether it's through gazing at a computer or gazing at an individual, man or woman, ladies, Whatever the case, many of us in here, if we're honest with ourselves, 
fall into this rank of adultery. What do we do with that? Oh, I'm glad for God's grace. The only unpardonable sin in the Word of God is the un, un, unpardonable sin of quenching the Spirit or, or refusing to believe when the Spirit moves on your life. And so in the good graces of the Lord, adultery is not the end. Marriages can be restored. Uh, sin can be forgiven. And you can walk away clean in Christ. The cross of Christ covers the sin of adultery. And I would invite you this morning to repent of that sin. I would invite you to acknowledge this is something I struggle with. God, I need your help. We bow before the Lord and we allow Him to give us the forgiveness and the grace to move forward outside. Now, this is what happens in a sermon like this. I preach and I offer the invitation and, and everybody holds tight to that chair right in front of them. Because some of you are afraid, well, if I walk down there and I pray for my brother, they're going to think I'm an adulterer. It's funny how we do that. Because the reality is this. It doesn't matter what anybody in this room thinks. What matters is whether you are right with the Lord the one who loves you so much that He gave His Son for you, says, come back. Come back to Me. Let Me forgive you. Let Me cleanse you. Let Me restore you. Walk with Me again. I invite you to return to Him today. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for the truth of Your Word. I thank You that, God, You lay out in our lives you lay out for our lives your direction. God, your word clearly shows us what sin is. But it also shows us how much you care to restore and redeem and bring us back when we sin. Father, in light of the cross today, I pray that there would be forgiveness here. That men and women not just in the sin of adultery, but in any sin, would stand before You and repent. Be cleansed. Be forgiven. Some be saved. Some be restored. Pray today that there would be some relationships mended. Families healed. And only You can. Father, I thank You today that You provide remedy pray that, that in this moment, men and women would commit to prioritizing their spouse. They would commit to purifying their minds, their hearts. And that they would set up protection so that, so that they stand with you when the fiery darts of Satan war against you. Father, in this time of commitment, you have your way in Jesus.